The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, Tail Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency, Nebraska, Iowa. Scott Docterman with us from The Athletic. Follow him uh, at Scott Docterman on Twitter. Scott, uh, end of the seasons here. It's, well, it, it's been a, a slow, slow marathon for Nebraska fans. Iowa has kind of kicked it up post-Ohio State. And here we are right in front of Black Friday. How are you? Oh, you know what? I can't complain. The, the, the temperature is beautiful today, uh, so <laughs> I'm gonna I'm taking advantage of that. But it has been if it's been a slow marathon in Lincoln, it's been just like uh, a ping pong ball. It's like the old game pong, uh, you know, except you turn it up about three hundred uh, thousand um, RPMs. It's just <laughs> it's been the wildest year I can remember in Iowa City. We we've experienced it all this year. Pong was a, was a great game. Will there be more points in a uh, retro version of Pong or Nebraska-Iowa? Uh, that's a good question. I guess uh, it depends on what uh, Nebraska's offense does, both in scoring on its own or giving points to Iowa's defense, which has done a really good job of, of turning uh, turnovers into points. So I think that's probably going to be part of it. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it could turn out either way. I mean, it's just a matter of um, – you know, if, if Nebraska makes some mistakes, uh, Iowa is going to capitalize on, especially on defense. If if not, if they got to be expected to go 75, 80 yards, might be under 30 points total, no question. <laughs> Scott Docterman's with us, uh, talking Huskers, Hawkeyes, Black Friday. ALVR City Radio is uh, will be on the road uh, for Black Friday, noon to two at the Marriott in Iowa City, uh, right by Kinnick. Scott, you do a, a pregame radio show as well. You've been doing those for a while, correct? Yeah, yeah. I do it at the corner of Melrose and Melrose, right outside Kinnick Stadium. And it, yeah, it's, it's called the Bumper Brigade. It's on the Iowa Radio Network. So it's uh, it, you know we've we've lived through a lot of different uh, weather formations. You know whether it's been really cold and windy for this uh, Black Friday game, or I think we've had a couple that's been pretty nice too. So I, I'm I'm thankful on this Thanksgiving weekend that it's going to probably be pretty nice. What flipped for the Iowa offense? We know it's not been great, but it's been better. How did the, the run game kind of get picked up? And to, to your knowledge, you know, why why is it better? What Because what, Iowa's gotten better as the season's gone on. It has, and it's not really that it's – I mean, part of it, when you go all the way back to the beginning – they only had one scholarship receiver available the first two weeks. And, uh, you know, they, they won 7-3 to three without a touchdown against South Dakota State, and then it backed it up with a sterling 10-7 to seven loss to uh, Iowa State, um, you know, because they just really couldn't throw the ball very much. And, and Sam Laporta was double and triple covered. And, uh, but then the offensive line has been the, was the real issue of all of it because they couldn't even 
stand on its running game. That has gotten better. They have run the ball with a little bit more consistency. And I would say Spencer Petras is throwing the ball much better, too. He's more accurate. And then as, as long as their wide receivers have come along, and, and they're not necessarily great, they've been without Keegan Johnson for all but 14 plays this year. That's been really – it's hurt them a lot. But, but what they've been able to do is just – maximize their opportunities last week it was in the first quarter before sam laporta got hurt and uh, they had you know they scored on their first two drives and then uh you know against wisconsin uh, the defense and special teams put them inside uh, wisconsin's red zone and they maximized it with a pair of touchdowns plus a pick six in it uh against purdue they ran the ball effectively so they've they've done what they needed to do on offense in the last four games and uh yeah they haven't this is not a good offense. I'm not going to try to kid you, but at least they've taken care of those opportunities when they've arose. And last week was another one late in the fourth quarter. They came up with a big pass to, to kick the game-winning field goal. So um, that's really been the secret to how Iowa has, has won games and done so on offenses. Just when they have the opportunities, they take advantage of them, something they really didn't do early in the year. You mentioned the Sam Laporta injury. I saw yesterday it looks like he's trending towards not playing on Friday, but uh, you got a great backup, and his name is escaping me, but he made that the great catch on that final drive for Iowa to go seal the win last week against Minnesota. So tell me what, what that injury for Iowa means, uh, at least for their offense, because I know Sam Laporta, great tight end, probably one of the best in the Big Ten. Yeah, he's he's probably one of the three or four best in the country, and he he's, uh, you know, for a program that, has had a lot of success at that position. He has more catches and yards than any other tight end in Iowa history. So it, it's a killer for them. He is their best offensive player, and it's a it's an inj- lower it's a leg injury that's going to cost them this week. Um, maybe if they get to Indianapolis, he, that one's really iffy. They'll probably be able to play in a bowl game, um, and so that hurts. But Luke Lachey has stepped up, and his his dad Jim Lachey was an All American. Lineman at Ohio State, made, it was an all-pro in the NFL a couple of times. He's actually a radio analyst for the Buckeyes as well. So uh, he's been around the game a lot. He's uh, bigger than, than Sam Laporta. He's 6'7", 250, great athletic ability. So he's going to be the next one in line here at Iowa and had some really good catches, as you said, last week. And I don't come bigger than that one. Uh, so, But what it's going to mean is, is Iowa has leaned on its two tight end formation most of the year. That's been its lead personnel grouping. They're going to have to adjust, and they're probably going to go to more of a, an 11 personnel or three wide receiver set a lot more often. And, and that's what it usually did in the past, but this year it's, uh, it's because of what I've said, they didn't have enough receivers to really play that grouping. So th- that's probably going to be what they're going to need to do. Brody Brecht is a, is a bigger-bodied wide receiver. He, uh, he'll make his money playing baseball. He throws 102 miles an hour as a pitcher. Uh, he's he's also a wide receiver, and he'll probably be the run some of the routes that Sam Laporta has run. But it, it's it's a big loss. Don't get me wrong. I mean, this is somebody that's uh, that's come through in the clutch and and overall for Iowa for a long time. Scott, a, a thought here on on the the Iowa fan base and and where things are at with Brian Ferentz. Uh, have things toned down, or is he still uh, taking a lot of arrows? He has. It's just they haven't been shot as much lately. Gotcha. Um, you know, and winning does that. But I think you know I have heard from a lot of Iowa fans that um, that are almost worried that this success 
means that, oh, okay, everything's going to go away, everything's fine, and he's going to come back, and they want that less than anything. I think they'd rather see him lose than, than, than to have Brian Ferentz back. And that, that's, you know, that's kind of crazy, but it's true. And, uh, and so I, you know, we, he was asked this week, Kirk Ferentz was, about what he thought of his offensive coordinator, being Brian Ferentz, just trying not to mention his name, and just making it more about – you know, their, the performance. And he just said, you know, we'll talk about that after the season. And, and so I don't know what that means for Brian, if he'll come back. It's been so tough on him personally that it wouldn't surprise me if he decides that, that maybe to go to the NFL. His strength is as an offensive line coach. That, that's probably where I would, you know, I think he would be in a, in a perfect world somewhere. But, uh, yeah, the, the, the heat is there. It's just they turned it down to uh, manageable levels right now because they've won four straight games. Iowa Insider Scott Dockerman with us here on Hale Varsity Radio talking Huskers and Hawkeyes Black Friday. And Scott, let's flip this around. Defensive side of the ball. It's where the Hawkeyes have been making their money all year long. Uh, that defensive front seven is, uh, is scary, at least in my eyes, Scott, especially when you consider what the Husker offensive line has gone through this season. Tell me a little bit about that Iowa front seven and how they're probably going to attack the Huskers on Friday. This is a really strong unit, and you look at how Minnesota was able to kind of blow them off the ball, and it was really impressive, especially when there were no penalties called in the game for the first time since 1986. But, <laughs> uh, but I, I don't know, you know that they'll, that'll be the same case this week. I, I think you know, one of the impressive parts about this defensive line is that they've got their veterans, the, the, the try-hard tough guys that are the starters primarily, but the talent is in their younger core, and, and they rotate them a lot. I mean, they go nine or ten deep up front, and they've got some really good talent. Um, you know, I would say like uh, sophomore Lucas Van Ness, who's uh, you know uh, an All Big Ten caliber type defensive lineman. I think he's he's going to be a very difficult matchup. You know, probably for your for left tackle Turner Cochran, but I or Corcoran. I, and I think uh, you know you got Y.A. Black and Aaron Graves, who's a true freshman, and, and normally they wouldn't play a true freshman, and certainly not this year when they're this deep. He's just that good. So, you know, and then at linebacker, one of the best players to ever play at Iowa is Jack uh, Campbell. And last week was kind of, I call it the Jack Campbell game, uh, because when things were trending in the wrong direction for Iowa, he came up with two big plays in the fourth quarter. One was a forced fumble on Mo Ibrahim, and the second one was an interception that he returned for a touchdown but was whistled out of bounds, even though he wasn't. So I call it the miss six. Um, and and uh, he's, but he's a tremendous talent, an All-American, and uh, and so they they really are pretty experienced, very tough, very physical up front, and uh, you know, and, and then their secondary, you know, they haven't had as many interceptions as they've had in the past, but they're a pretty veteran unit back there, pretty salty, and have some playmakers. So this defense is as good as I can remember at Iowa, and they've had some good ones in the past, and they've had to be that way to compensate for what's. Uh, one of the worst offenses statistically in Big Ten history. Scott, we'll end it with this, uh, with the coaching carousel in Nebraska, the, the name today that's picking up some steam, and it's maybe more of a hope, but uh, your reaction when you hear Luke Fickle in Nebraska? It would be an outstanding hire. I think Luke Fickle, uh, you know, we were all kind of wondering about him when he took over for Jim Tressel for that year, and it wasn't a very good year at Ohio State, but he's really done a nice job at Cincinnati in building that program. And, um, you know, a good recruiter. He's kept it at a high level. And if that's the, if that's the direction that Trev Alberts goes, 
Uh, I don't think that's a bad one. I mean, I think there's going to be a le- level of both excitement and disappointment for Nebraska fans because this has gone on for so long. Not unlike what you get on Christmas morning when you may get everything you want and you're just like, oh, you're disappointed it's over. <laughs> but I think that might be the case if it's Luke Fickle. Um, I've heard new names every day like everybody else has. But, but if he's the one that's coming there, um, I think you're going to be, you know, he he's exactly what Nebraska needs in that that he's a builder and he carries kind of a low profile. And I think that's really important right now as Nebraska tries to build a foundation to be able to compete, not only with uh, the, the hierarchy of the Big Ten, but just with everybody. And, and Luke Fickle certainly fits that profile. He understands what it takes to, to win in the Big Ten, and he understands how to, to build a program, which is what he's done at Cincinnati. Does that seem outlandish that he'd leave Cincinnati for Nebraska? No, Nebraska's a step up from Cincinnati. Even though Cincinnati's going to the Big 12, uh, Nebraska has the resources. Nebraska has the fan base. It has the, the money to lure uh, players through its NIL. Nebraska, you know, I mean, we, we, I've talked for decades that Illinois is a sleeping giant. Mm-hmm. No, and Nebraska now is because it's been so long since Nebraska has competed at a high level. So uh, all it takes is the right coach and the right um, and the right mentality and developmental program, and, and Nebraska will be right up there and can compete at a higher level, sustained at a higher level. So, yeah, I think that would be that would be a move up from Cincinnati to any of the higher-level programs in the Big Ten. Scott, we'll see you on Black Friday. Best to you and your fam. Have a great Thanksgiving. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving to you, and uh, drive safe over across I-80.